Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. While we're all standing, we're going to do a confession of faith real quick. It's just kind of what I do. We're going to declare a thing. We're going to speak it out. Are you guys with me? If you don't believe it, it's just a declaration. Uh, And if you just don't want to say it, then that just means you're stubborn. So no big deal. No big deal. God still loves you. So here we go. Today, I operate in your overflow. I am grateful and focused on what lies ahead. I declare unshakable joy over my life. I live on your word, your truth, your promises. I declare great health over my life and that my soul prospers. Let your kingdom come, your will be done in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on. Thank you, worship team. We're just going to get in this message. You guys may all be seated. The reason why I do a confession of faith, I learned a long time ago that if we don't renew our own mind, the world will renew it for you. What you focus on expands. What you think about, you bring about. And so many, even believers, have stinking thinking in their life. And unfortunately, it's because we'll read things, we'll absorb things, we just will do it consciously and subconsciously. And I figure every time I preach, I remember when the Lord spoke to me in my first preach, he's like, you've been into declaring things for a long time, since I was young, and you're not going to stop now. Matter of fact, you know, someone said something to me one time, it's like, you know, you're trying to brainwash people? And I was all taken back, and immediately the Holy Spirit just showed me someone just taking their brain out and brainwashing. I'm like, that is the weirdest image to get. And he goes, you are brainwashing them because their brain needs it because they've been defiled by the world. And I was like, oh, and it just woke me up. So like, I don't even apologize anymore because we've all been brainwashed by something. We might as well just wash it off, get the word in us, on us and through us, preach the gospel and live the gospel. And guess what? We'll take that any day of the week. So that's just speaking life over your life. You know, we need to renew our mind on the daily because your mind is the great filter that guards your heart. And we are commanded to guard our hearts above all else. Guard your heart. But it's amazing we can get so tweaked in our heart, we stop guarding our heart, and our first filter of our heart is our mind because we didn't renew it. And I know more importantly than ever in this last season of life, especially what's going on right now, even in this month, you know, it's like, don't shove Jesus down our throat. Next thing you know, everything's a flag, everything's a color, everything's a pride this, everything's a pride that. My PayPal logo logo showed up when I went to go pay somebody. Something that was just a big old pride flag. I said, hey, Give me options or delete my account. And I got a little representative on support going, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, we just really want to include everybody. Well, don't include me on the propaganda machine. Trying to brainwash me thinking that my kids are going to be okay. Some of you are like, what is he preaching? Listen, I love everybody. Everybody's welcome. But just like everybody's like, I'm not throwing Bibles at you. Stop throwing your flag on me. Uh Uh-oh, you're not sure. It's not, okay. 
I'm just telling you. You couldn't pick up on that. This might be a rough 30 minutes. My mom's here. This is my mom right here with her husband, John. She's amazing. She's only 40. 40, so I'm a lot younger than that. I hope. I'm prophesying to myself. But I love how we have our moms in on the same. That's pretty good. I, know, I honestly think it's just because, you know, when they feel like they have like, you know, moms have the sixth sense. And they think their sons are up to no good. They're like, let me go check on them. They come out here like all loving. But every, my mom's like, I don't know if I believe that. I told her the other day, I made some off comment about, yeah, you know, I figured that out during counseling. Well, you went to counseling, you had a great life. Mom, don't take a person. I call it like coaching. Oh, I can't believe you went to counseling. I was the greatest mom. You were raised in the most amazing family. I can't believe you wasted money on that. I'm like, Mom, I'm investing into myself. You didn't need that. We didn't screw you. I'm like, Mom, this isn't about you right now. I just made an off-the-wall comment. I mean, literally, two hours later, her husband comes in. Oh, you got to talk to your mom. She's still up there talking about it. I was like, <laughs> he's like, I'm not in the middle of this. I'm like, John. I'm not doing counseling. We're, we're, we're fine. We're fine. So we've had like, what, like three or four awkward moments? Maybe five? Yeah, it's good. That's how it's good. Amazing mom, okay? But we all need coaching. Anybody with me? Ama amazing. Did I not say that? Amazing. I mean, I mean, probably only like 50 hours of therapy to get me through a few of the things, but it was totally fine. Totally fine. You know, I can't help but, you know, my grandpa, he was a Lutheran pastor from some Baptist roots. On my dad's side, it was like evangelical free Presbyterian, like the frozen chosen. And so when you get the mixture, you know, it's bringing all these denominations together. And then I come find Awakened. How many you know that's way over here compared to here? Mom was like, what am I going to do with my son? She's got my whole family, at least everybody in my family, both sides, they know how to pray. They've been praying for me since I was born. I needed, how I many you know I needed all the prayer in the world? But I turned out okay. I'm fine. Little therapy, little this, little that. We're all good. We're all good. Still happily married. Three little kids. None of them died. They're all safe. I think my odds are looking pretty good, Mom. You did great. I love it, too, because I know she listens to my messages because she calls me afterwards to correct me or, like, why did you have to talk about that? So I'll get a few after. We get to do it live today, so it's going to be, like, counseling with my mom right afterwards. She was a travel agent for 20 years for guilt trips. She's done great. What? What? She's been amazing, number one, number one. Yeah, she's not even Jewish, which is amazing. I thought, what? What? Just, just making sure we cover everybody. If you're going to get tweaked, let's get tweaked early. Hey, but I, I am going to preach. I'm going to just preach that uh, not only I was raised in church, my mom, she begged me. She said, will you please go to a Christian college for one year, and then you can go anywhere in your life that you want to go. And I was like, I'm no dummy. Like, pay for college myself or go one year where they want me to, and she's going to pay for college anywhere, that is the best deal of a lifetime. Adding up that in my mind, I was like, business guy. I'm like, all right, let's do this. So I went to Westmont, good Christian college, and, and then they're like, okay, where are you going to go the next year? They saw the bill on that private college. Where are you going to go next year? You're pretty good? I'm like, yeah, I'm great. I'm not going anywhere. I'm staring here all four. There's a four-to-one ratio, men to women. I'm not, I'm staying. 
So their plans didn't work out. And then at the end of it, you know, my dad's so proud of me. I graduated. And my mom was crying that I didn't marry a good Christian girl. My mom, these girls are crazy. <laughs> so I refuse now that I'm a pastor to raise all these young adults being cray-cray. So we just get all this stuff out. That's why we got marriage getaway this week. How many going to marriage getaway? Okay. If you're married, you should be signing up. We'll make room for you. It will be amazing. It is not like anything you've ever been to. But I, uh, I was thinking about my journey because I've been here since day one of Awakened Church, which has been quite the journey. What is it? Are we on our 17th year? This is 17 years, August, right? 18 in August? Okay, 17 in Vision Builders. So we're in Vision Builders Month. And so I, I want to lay it out to you, and then we're gonna, I'm going to preach around this because I think it's so, title of my message is The Power to Transform. And really, where you're at matters. I don't know if they have the picture. Do they have the picture of the dude in the subway? Poor Diana gets pictures from me all the time. She doesn't even know what to do with me. She worked for me for a lot of years, so she can handle it better than most. Uh, and she is amazing. Gift to our church. Uh, if they have it, great. I don't know if they do it. They don't have that one. Okay, well... Oh, yeah. Whoa, they do. So I, I want you to see this. This is Joshua Bell. He's a famous violinist. And, and I want to let you know that uh, on like a Friday night, he held, he held a Washington, D.C., a sold-out show, made 250000 himself personally. He's worth millions. His violin alone is worth $3 million. It's one of the most rare violins uh, ever. And they did this experiment and he went to the Washington, D.C. subway, subway three days later. Stayed there for 47 minutes playing what he had played just a couple nights before. Right. He made $32.17 and over 1,200 people walked by him. Never got one standing ovation, never one applause. My revelation as I was reading that story was where you're at and celebrated and what atmosphere matters. The same person, the same skill, the same gift took his most expensive violin worth three million. If people knew what they were around, I would have just beat him up and took the violin. Pre-saved, pre-saved. Let me just, pre-saved. Not now, of course, I would have gone over and prayed for him. But um, I just thought how fascinating that was, awareness of your atmosphere. Because just a few nights earlier, in an atmosphere where he was celebrated for the gifts on the inside of him, he was able to play to a pen drop. And people stood and cheered and honored and celebrated the gift that was on the inside of him because they acknowledged what was inside of him. Just a couple days before, and then he steps out into that thing and $32.17, no honor, no respect, no everything. And he said it, the hardest part was knowing that he just, he was playing, he was sweating playing as hard as he could, as good as he could, yet no one even stopped to say, wow, that was amazing. Where you're at matters. I know that because I'm a product of a kid that was raised in church. Mom, don't get tweaked, it's good. You're amazing mom. But I was raised in an atmosphere where church, my values, what I thought about church, my perspective of church, raised in a great Christian, amazing family that loved God, loved Jesus. But when you go to church, it was check the box. It was more so, you're going to church. I never once said, I want to go to church. I didn't wake up on a Sunday going, I'm pumped, it's Sunday. It was like, 
what time is my mom going to knock on my door? Is my dad coming? If I'm in a real bad attitude, what belt does he got? Oh, yeah, I'm going for sure. And I would get up and I would go out of respect, out of honor for my parents, out of respect. And it, but it built in this thing where I should go to church. It did build this thing. And I'm going to tell you that I went to church for 30 years. And mostly, you know, this is the time before Facebook. I know it's shocking for some of you young people. But now, thank God for Facebook. You know, you can check in. So my mom has Facebook now, so she knows I'm at church. Well, I have to be because I'm a pastor now. But pre this whole thing. When Facebook started, it's like I didn't even have to call her three times a day and tell her what I was doing. She could just like, Mom, just watch what I'm doing. Just follow me. So she was my sole follower for two years. It was amazing. Big cheerleader, liked everything I did, mostly. But what I think is so funny is that she would always call me on a Sunday making sure I'd go to church. But I want to show you a picture. If we could show that first church service for me. Okay, look at this. This right here was our third church service at Awaken. Back then it was called C3. The first two were inside the Marriott. The third one we showed up and uh, there was a wedding that trumped us. So, and then I think there's a couple different rooms. So they had a couple non-important things compared to us. But Pastor Jurgen, what I loved about him at the time, which by my face, I didn't really love anything, just to be honest, uh, is he said, we're having church no matter what. So I think there was like maybe 60 people normally by week three, but here you can see there's maybe 30 of us because as soon as they found out churches outside, they're like, we're going to go find a real church. But what's amazing, I want you to understand, you look what Awaken has now. Never forget where we came from. I'm going to tell you something. Pastor Jurgen still preached with fire with 30 of us in the crowd. He still preaches exactly what, he's just got more wisdom, discernment, years under his belt, but he was preaching with everything, and I want you to notice, can you give me the zoom in? This is an offended front row attendee. I want you to see my face. This is what I was thinking right now, right here. He better not talk about money today. I don't want to hear one more thing about money, finances, tithing. Uh, vision builders, this is annoying. Who is this guy? I can barely understand him with his accent. I, mean, I thought I was Mr. Cool with, you know, my V, little V-neck there with my Q-link. I had my little Q EMF protector because, you know, chiropractors have to wear those. You know, it's like, and I was sitting there, look at my face. I'm angry. I'm thinking to myself, I'm only here because my mom's calling me in two hours. I was offended. I was offended. So after service, any of you that are offended, and you're like, yeah, that pastor doesn't even get it. He no, no, I got it. Yeah. I just want to let you know, I would guarantee I'm more offended than any of you are going to be offended today in the service. You don't get more offended than me. I promise you. The whole time, I was saying to myself, what am I doing here? This guy is ridiculous. But you know what's happened? I saw my heart start getting healed. I started letting go of some religiosity that I had in my spirit that I didn't even know I had. I didn't even know that was a thing. A religious spirit didn't know that was a thing. All I knew is they found this picture this week while they're digging up the archives because we're in vision builders, sent it to me. I'm like, oh, what a blessing. Wow. <laughs> Paul, is this a joke or do you think this is funny? Okay, you're not showing this on any reel anywhere, but send it to me. But what happened is I got it on Wednesday I literally couldn't stop thinking about my transformation. Wow. I literally couldn't stop thinking about the kid that I was, 
the journey that I was on. And right there, I'm going to tell you something. This, I, I met Pastor Jurgen Price six weeks before. I was going to a prayer meeting, offended every time, quiet, never prayed out loud, never did anything. I'd literally run out right when the prayer meeting was open, and i call my mom going, this is crazy. But you know what was weird? I kept going back because something felt different than I've ever felt before, and I couldn't shake it. It was the first time in my life, because I had one foot in the world, but I knew I was a Christian. But it was the first time I would go to a prayer meeting, and I wouldn't feel condemnation. I felt healed. I wouldn't feel shame. I'd feel conviction. I wouldn't feel like this pastor thought I was the greatest sinner in the world, which is how I grew up. I felt like maybe I can do something with my life. Maybe, maybe I should go back. And then I'd be living my life Friday night downtown, but then all of a sudden, inside, then I'd think about Sunday, and I would go. And even though I looked like that, hot mess, I would leave there with greater hope, with greater faith, and I felt like that brainwashing I was talking about was starting to overtake me and come up. You can take that picture down and never show it again. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. But what was funny is I looked it up, power to transform. What happened to me? How did I go from this kid that said, I'm never going back to that church to going back? How did I go from this kid that was not only going once, I started saying for two Sundays, I mean two services on a Sunday, and then we went to a five o'clock, I was going to three and serving. What happened to a guy that was so twisted on the inside that, that all of a sudden I'm tithing? At our first visions builder, I remember giving more money than I ever thought possible, which is like $2,000 over a year. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm such a sucker. I just, I just got sucked into giving this guy money. Over and beyond. I, I, I don't even know if I believe in tithing. And somehow I got emotional. He showed me this vision that I bought into. I mean, four campuses. This guy's crazy. There's only 30 of us. He can't even secure a building to have church in. I'm in a parking lot. He's painting this vision. And I just wrote a pledge. I'm a sucker. I can't even tell my family. And I'm going to tell you something. And then I see that testimony. Of Gio and his bride. And I go, another sucker? And then I hear this testimony. And Eric and his wife, another sucker? We get sucked into the kingdom and we start believing. We start getting hope. We start sowing in. We start getting alignment. All of a sudden, his ways are not our ways. And I'm like, well, I know what I do in the natural. Now I'm doing these things that I never thought I'd do. And then it was crazy because I never knew my mom was flying down, coming to the first like three or four services. Pastor Jurgen years later goes, do you know the church wouldn't have survived? Your mom was writing $1,000 checks to the church. All she cared about it was her boy found somewhere that he could go back to. She didn't believe in, in our doctrine. She didn't believe in what we were doing. She was a good little Baptist girl. I know. But she was so worried about her boy. Pastor Jurgen told me years later, he's like, yeah, your mom. She goes, our first service, he said, our first service ever that your mom flew down to. 
He goes, I didn't even know how I was going to buy this equipment, do these things. He bought the equipment on his own money, everything, but he had to rent the Marriott. He had to do all these things. And he said he was just believing to get that covered. When my mom came down, it was $3,000 was our first tithe ever, and she was 1000 of it. Yeah. It's amazing to look at the seeds that yeah. she sowed yeah. to reap a harvest she never expected. I'd be preaching the gospel. Don't cry. Mom, stop it. Stop it. I don't want to be dehydrated today. I was dehydrated on Friday night at Vision Builders. But we had our Vision Builders dinner on Friday night. And I was reminiscing because right now, because of hard-earned sacrifice, sacrificial giving to vision builders, we just opened our El Cajon building. We sat in an old Vons parking lot that got shut down due to drugs, prostitution, all this, you know, uh, every bad thing that could happen was happening in that Vons. That corruption and sin shut it down. Yet that God would hold that aside that Vision Builders, we could buy that building, wow. we could fit it out, and we celebrated Friday night. Today, they're celebrating grand opening. Yeah. It is totally packed out. Every seat is filled. Two services. The mayor came. The mayor's mind is blown. Because a vision in a parking lot of a pastor that said, I can see what God's showing me. Can you believe? I just want you to know what you're a part of because this is just where momentum, the power transform. The word convert, because I thought, you know what? I was converted, which actually means the nuance means implies a change fitting something for or someone for a new or different use or function. Wow. So I'm like, man, I was converted. No, I wasn't. Then I read Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis suggests an abrupt or startling change induced by or as if by a supernatural power. I was like, oh, man, I had a metamorphosis. That's what happened to me. Yeah. No, I didn't. Maybe I'm, I was transfigured. What's that mean? The word transfigure can be used in similar contexts, but transfigure implies a change that exalts and glorifies. Yeah. Let me tell you, I was all of it. Yeah. I came in just this broken kid that was offended standing there going, who the heck is this? To a kid that started to get converted into believing. I was already a Christian. I was already going to heaven. I just had no power. I had no conviction. I didn't have my value. My values were like, hey, man, if I'm not doing anything, if, you know what, if the Niners are out of the playoffs, I'll go to church. If they're in, I'm, I'm going to watch the Niner game. That was my value. But I came, and I, I came to church, and my heart got converted. And then I started to have this metamorphosis where something supernaturally was starting to change my heart, my life. It was starting to heal up some scar tissue, change my beliefs about what I thought church was supposed to be. Then all of a sudden, I had a metamorphosis, and then I had a transfiguration of who I be, what I thought about church. I mean, my getaway was our river house, and then I'm like, we're never missing church on a Sunday. I'm like, what? And I'll never forget. It's cognitive dissonance. What did my brain just say? And I realized that something in my heart was changing. Yeah. I got paid to speak in my profession. And when I told them, hey, I no longer speak on Sundays. Matter of fact, you got to put me on early Saturday to fly me back from the East Coast because I got to be at church on Sunday. Everyone in my profession said, what is wrong with that guy? But I remember I had this conviction that my priorities were backwards. I was letting the world define who this kid would be where I started to have these things transpire. And it's amazing. Pastor Jurgen never told me. He just showed me and modeled me 
what real power Christianity looked like. And I didn't want complacency anymore. I didn't want mediocrity anymore. I didn't want to say I was a Christian with no power. I saw my friend get healed in a hospital due to a pastor that came in with power. And I said, I want what he's got. And because I saw that happen, no one can take away that testimony. Now, Pastor John and Becky are leading our central campus, and it's because of that conviction of what they saw. They saw power because they were faithful Christians with no power. I will tell you, America is in the place we're at right now, losing our country the way we're losing it right now because of lukewarm Christianity, or I call complacency. We want to be, A, we want to be good Christians. We don't want to offend anybody, so we're not going to, we, you know, we've... We don't want to judge. We're not going to say anything about abortion. I'm not a judging people that had abortion. I'm just going to educate. I'm going to stand for truth. And I'm going to just preach what the Bible says about life, conception, where it starts. I'm going to talk about things that most churches won't. And I grew up in that church, and that's why it had no power, had no influence. They were in the same building, the same thing, the same forever. Where we're in a church that's going to stand on values, conviction, and raise up people, and it says, make disciples. Make disciples. The reason why Pastor Jurgen has preached on tithing every single Sunday since the day I started, and I kept going, he can't have that many more sermons in him. He'll probably get to about, I, I think week 20 he'll run out. Week 52, 17 years later, still going, hasn't missed a Sunday. We're all preaching around tithing and giving. And it's not because the church needs your money. He really deep down, I'll never forget during COVID, you find out the type of man you're under, the leadership you're under, when you see all the world and the pressure come together. And I remember him saying in an executive meeting, if they take our 501c3, we're gonna preach the gospel even louder. And he got, I said, I said, what'd you say? And he says, I'll go get a job before I take a knee to what they're trying to bully us into. We're gonna raise up Christians and disciples that are gonna be bold and courageous and that are gonna take down the gates of hell. It says, I will push down, I will take down the gates of hell. What kind of church are we a part of? I'm letting you know. Not that one's still in the parking lot, but the same spirit in that parking lot is the same spirit today just worked itself out, trusting the Lord that every vision, every prophetic word, that God is gonna bring generals to our church. We're not looking for millionaires. We're going to raise millionaires. We're going to find young apprentices that believe in themselves that are going to start doubling down on the gifting on the inside of them. I'm telling you what, when you think about the power tra to transform, every one of us can transform. Will we let God take us to the place that we can trust him again with our heart, that he can help heal up areas that maybe we have insecurities in, maybe some beliefs around our faith, See, we were made by God for God for a purpose. Yet most of us don't get unlocked in our purpose because, I, I, listen, I was raised and I'd, I'd get a great Bible study on Matthew, 1 Corinthians. We do four weeks in Corinthians. I remember I was getting a little tweaked in church. Maybe I had a similar picture just a few months later and I finally went to Pastor Jurgen and I said to him, I said, hey, uh, you know, I, I was raised, you know, we'd like to do a little Bible kind of teaching. And he goes, Okay, yeah, cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah. So when are you going to start doing that? He goes, I preach on what the Holy Spirit tells me to preach on. Yeah, I don't even know what that means. I, I, when are you going to start, you know, giving a Bible study kind of thing? He goes, do you read the Bible? 
What's that have to do with you teaching me? You're a shepherd, you got to teach me. When are we going through Corinthians? I don't know, when you start reading Corinthians. I looked at him, left church, all offended, called my mama. Mama, you won't believe what this pastor said. I was asking when we're going to do it. You know how we were raised? You know what my mom said? Well, don't you read? No, you just miss what I'm saying. He's not really teaching. I just go in there. He's just like preaching this stuff. And I feel like I can go out and do anything and like take on the world. And what's the problem with that? Is he reading out the Bible? Yeah. Is it the word of God? Yeah. Well, then you go read Corinthians. You're no help at all. You know, it's amazing that I used to read the Bible and I would just kind of read and try to, but once I was filled with the Holy Spirit, once I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I started reading the Bible for like the first time. I had read stories over and over again and I would get downloaded understanding. I'd get downloaded discernment. I, I would read something that I could have read a year before. I'd be like, what? Why didn't I ever see that? It's amazing as a church, we're going through the yearly Bible now, and I'm telling you, I'm a different version of myself because I'm reading the same thing I read last year. I went sure and looked at my notes. I do an experiment with myself now. I'm having a deeper revelation of the Word of God than I did a year ago, and I'm going through the same Bible reading plan. It's amazing that Pastor Jurgen can keep growing and bring a word that will blow my mind. I'm like, there's no way he can preach better than that. He just dropped the bomb that messed me up forever. And then the next time I hear him, I'm like, where is he getting that? I read that same scripture. We're on the same day. I did not see that. I told him the other day in staff meeting, I'm just going to take your staff notes every Wednesday, and I'm preaching them on a Sunday because I can't handle the pressure anymore. This is, that was too good. I am letting down our entire flock after hearing this word. And he's like, no, you got to preach with the Holy Spirit. You know, what's amazing is to understand that he looked at me in the face in total love and conviction. He says, I preach on faith, hope, and love. This is a house of transformation. I am going to inject faith in you from the word of God. You're going to get hope back. You're going to feel loved. You're going to see things start coming up and out of you that the devil's tried to lock you down. Listen, 17 years later, I have watched some of my best friends that I knew walk in, have their life transformed. And they are a different creation. I've seen young people get dreams and visions, start businesses that are flourishing. I've seen couples that thought they'd never get married again, healed, restored, back in a marriage, having children. Like their life is completely different. Let me tell you, this is the house of transformation. Pastor Jurgen doesn't see vision builders as like, let's buy buildings. No, this is an altar. El Cajon today has experienced a life-giving church with power today. And the mayor can't wrap his head around and he says you put a church in the in the darkest part of the city pastor Jurgen says watch what happens over the next three years i didn't even preach my message but i will tell you in ephesians 3 20 now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than we could ask or think I need you as Christians to hear this. We don't want to do religion here. We don't want to create religiosity here. We want to create disciples. It says, seek first in Matthew. Seek first the kingdom. 
and his righteousness, which means the right way of doing things. And all these things will be added unto you. But see, the world teaches you chase this, chase that, chase this purpose or that job that will define you. But when we seek first, see, I never had that revelation. See, I always wondered in the Old Testament, it messed me up how Noah could get one word and then he'd let everyone around him call him crazy. He sacrificed everything. He didn't know how to build an ark. There was no such thing as a boat back there. And he built a boat, spent his whole life, his whole purpose because of one word. Abraham got a word to sacrifice his son, his favorite son. And yet he didn't sleep in the next day, didn't wake up, have coffee, knew it his last morning and said, no, he got up early. Grabbed his boys and said, let's go. And that's conviction. I've never understood. I grew up a punk. Thank God my mom knew how to pray for me. I got three little kids now. I just wake up, go, how did my mom and dad even survive? (laughs) I got angels compared to the troublemaker I was. But I didn't have a fear of the Lord or righteousness or how church was. It was just, we go to church. Now, my kids wake up and go, is it Sunday yet? Can we go to church yet? Their best friends are in this church. It's not a religious party. We didn't get saved and we signed up for the Christian Country Club. The minute you're saved, we got to have a revelation that you're part of the Lord's army. And there's a spiritual war. And we're going to get a little dirty. And we're going to talk about things that matter. And we're not going to play Christianese. And if you're going through money stuff, that's okay. we got lots of smart people that are doing well. Let us educate, sharpen iron. Let's be with one another. If your marriage sucks, that's okay. Let's work it out. Let's talk about it. If your kids are off the rails and you're like embarrassed, you know, they might have they they smoked weed. Let's talk about it. Let's get them in around the right people. Smoking weed because they're living uninspired. Let's get them around Chris and his crew. Get them surfing. Get them inspired. Watch what happens when you find purpose. We got kids in front of computers watching stuff, getting confused. It's all right. Let's love them right through it. Let's love them and show them purpose for their life. Let's have the conversations I grew up not having. We'd be sitting around the table with all my Christianese relatives, all my cousins, and everyone's bragging about how smart their kids were. I'd just probably yell out the word, sex! And I'd watch my grandpa's face just. His first stroke was probably because of what I said at the dinner table. But they were so religious. We were all like the perfect religious family. Yet everyone was falling apart in their own stuff. I'm just, it was amazed. It was amazing to me that when I remember when I said my first thing shocking to Pastor Jurgen, I did it because it was like this rebellious spirit I had. And I remember I just said it just to feel rejection so I could justify this church is just like how I grew up. I wanted him to reject me because if he didn't reject me, I've ruined my whole hypothesis on the church. Sure. Step Pastor Jurgen goes, yeah, I get it. <laughs> we'll work that out. God's got you. I just remember looking at him and go, who are you? I know Jesus loved me so much. He sent an amazing pastor with a heart of gold to love on me. You know why I can love on people? And I'm like not shocked by anything? 
is because it was modeled to me what church could be like and a family could be like. It's been modeled to me, so I model it. I'm not gonna be religious. We're gonna break bread together. We're gonna have some wine if you're into wine together. We're gonna do life together. And you're gonna go through some stuff, but God's given you the power to transform your life if you can stay in the environment. Don't be in the metro in Washington, D.C. with a gift and get no honor. You come into the house of God where we are gonna honor the gift on the inside of you. We're gonna get plugged into the house and you're gonna serve, you're gonna join in and you're one day gonna wake up and say, I wanna sow into Vision Builders. I wanna sow into what they're doing. I, I get to be a part of this life transformation. We just gotta let all what we think about the church. And I'll land the plane on this. Jesus hung out with his disciples for three years. He was crucified, nailed to a cross, and died for you and I. What's amazing, disciples that are around him for three years, his friends, on Saturday, they were losing their mind. They were afraid, they were scared, even though Jesus told them what was gonna go down. Even the Old Testament, which they knew, They knew what was gonna happen. There was a prophetic word, there was a prophecy that the savior of the world would be risen from the dead. They still folded, they still ran, they were still afraid. Some of them went back to fishing, some of them went back doing whatever they're gonna do. But then he rose from the dead and he stayed with them for 40 days. Those same disciples that folded like a deck chair turned the world upside down, were martyred, killed. They didn't give a rip after that. Jesus hung out with them for 40 days. And then at day 40, he says, hey, I'm out of here, but I need you to wait a few days. That crowd of 12 disciples grew to about 500, following him everywhere, just being with him. Now they knew, they couldn't deny. That was the same Jesus that was crucified. Man, he had a crowd and he just said, hey, listen, wait a few days, Holy Spirit's gonna come and you're gonna get power. Out of 500, only 120 waited a few days. You know how many the few days were? 10 days. They got sucked back into social media. They got sucked back into the world. They got sucked back into downtown. They got sucked back down. Galilee was hopping at night. It was hot. Something got busy, you know. They had to get back, take care of some stuff. 10 days, that's all. But the 120 that waited, they received power. And that's when the church started. Peter got up and said, bam, he gave his first altar call and a thousand gave their life to Jesus on the spot. And the church started that day with power. See the conviction of the Old Testament, the sacrifice people coming from Jerusalem, from everywhere. They'd walk on donkeys, mules, wherever. Weeks to come all the way to the temple. Solomon had a conviction, spent over $190 billion on a temple to honor God. So I want to tell you, the Old Testament had the honor thing down. They had this conviction in their heart, but it's the New Testament church that changed everything. And if you wonder why I awaken so bold, proud, and loud, it's because of the conviction. 
of what we stand for. And we got two choices. We could either be the church that rather stay comfortable, mediocre and complacent and watch our kids devoured by the agenda or we can rise up, love people, but full throttle stand for our convictions, our morals, our beliefs and not apologize for what God is speaking to us to do. So if you could all stand to your feet, I want to pray for us. I love Joshua. Joshua is one of the two people with vision. Went to the promised land. Walked in the promised land. Joshua walked around a fortress that everybody else kept thinking, what are you doing? Walked around it seven times, seven days. And then gave a shout and a scream and the walls came down. A fortified place that seemed impossible. Some of you just got to get your shout back. Some of you just need to stay in the atmosphere. Some of you maybe have never taken DNA. Take DNA, get the why. Without the why, there's no comply. See what we're all about. Don't put your toe in like I did for the first year. I'm telling you, we've been around long enough to prove it. We just aren't going to be okay with your life sucking. That's the only way to put it. Mom, I know, that's offensive. That was too much, you know. I repent. I'm going to get in trouble for saying that word. You know, you just, it's Holy Spirit guilt, that's conviction, and then your mom. I felt like I got double whammy there. But it's okay. Listen, church is meant to be life-giving. It's meant to edify your spirit. We're going to preach the Word of God. And we want you to have a love affair with Jesus. We want you to crave the Word of God in your life. We want you to get on our Bible reading plan. I don't want to spoon feed you the Bible. I want you to go investigate, challenge, dig. But I want you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit so you receive power. I'm going to have the ministry team come up. I'm going to bring Pastor Samuel up, but I want to read this verse. It says in Proverbs 29, 18, I love this passion translation, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelations of the word of God, heaven's bliss fills your soul. See, I can tell when people get filled up with the Holy Spirit because I watch them get joy back. I watch them start to dream again. I watch visions start to come back in their life. How do I know? Happened to me. It doesn't matter your age. It just matters can you lay your heart back down on the altar? Can you get an alignment and start building the kingdom? This is why we're here, not for a job, not for a paycheck. What are you going to wake up, 9 a.m., 6 p.m., cash a check, and then what, 70, 80, 90 years, and we'll just go to heaven? No. While you're here, live with purpose. Live with passion. Live with conviction. If we can put up that Jeremiah 33.3, I want this to sink in your spirit as I land it, and then I'm going to pray for you. Jeremiah 33.3 says, ask me. And I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. I'm a 17-year product of this house. I would have never understood this 17 years ago. But now I look at it with wonder. I look at it with amazement. I look at my kids, and I want them at their age, 9, 7, and 3. I want them to be able to ask God, 
and I will tell you remarkable secrets you don't know about things to come. God's going to blow your mind if you can just stay in the atmosphere to let him. If you could just let your heart not get calloused and be discipleable. If you could just walk in faith. Get an injection of faith today. We're in Vision Builders Month. What's your vision? When you serve in another man or woman's vision, you'll get your own if you don't have one. Start serving someone that you look up to. Whether it's one day a week, one hour a week, 10 minutes, whatever it is. Watch what God's going to do in your life. Some things are taught, some things are caught. And so I want you to catch what a transformed life feels like. Because I know you're in a house of transformation. But one word, Peter got one word from Jesus and he got out of the boat. Noah got one word. Abraham got one word. Joshua, David, Solomon, these, these, these men of faith, these generals of faith got a word. Let faith rise on the inside of you. Know that your life can be transformed. Know that your tomorrow can look different than today. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for everybody that stayed in this service. Bless those that couldn't hang. But God, we love them and we know you love them as well. But they're not ready to pick up what you're trying to put down for this house. God, I thank you for buildings in Escondido, buildings in Oceanside, buildings in Temecula, buildings all across California where Awaken's gonna put a stamp. God, will we be faithful to the call that we're raising up some of the greatest ministers of the gospel, some of the greatest preachers haven't even stepped foot into our church yet. Some of the world shakers right now are in our youth and our high school and in our kids' church right now. God, we thank you. You're gonna raise them up to see what faith looks like, what your spirit feels like, that they're gonna be raised and released with power to lay hands on the sick, that you will see people healed in this house, Lord, because of your ministry, your touch, your goodness that you're a good, good father. And I thank you, Lord, that hearts are being healed right now. Minds are being renewed right now. I break every religious spirit that's not of you right now in the name of Jesus, God. Let us have a revelation of your truth, of your word. God, renew our soul today. Let joy rise up and come back in visions and dreams and those that are lost their way, find, find life again, Lord. I thank you for a community that wants to celebrate each other's wins, that wants to pray for one another. I thank you for the testimonies of men and women's prayer. God, the outpouring of people being healed and restored. Let marriage get away, renew marriages and be an inspiration for marriages that need to be inspired. But God, we're thankful for what you've done in this house, what you're doing in this house, and what you will do in this house. In Jesus' name. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.